Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for joining us on our podcast. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I will be your host. Prayer is the most important element in our walk with Christ as believers. Many times our prayer life falls short, especially in the lives of those serving in the ministry. Today we'll be discussing the necessity of prayer in the lives of ministers and how the power of prayer can transform your church. We have with us today Mark Proctor. He is the Associate Administrator for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Delighted to be here, Kevin. Thanks for the invitation. I really look forward to kind of getting into this topic and, uh, and uh, tearing it up together. Well, this is we this podcast I believe is just uh, appropriate uh, for our time that uh, with the conference centers each year on the third Sunday of May we have an emphasis of a day of prayer of asking our churches across our state we have three thousand Tennessee Baptist churches and asking them to pray for our conference centers especially during the summertime as we have thousands of kids that uh, come through our facility and praying that many will come to know Christ. So we thought maybe this would be a great topic for us to talk about, to discuss about prayer and how prayer can impact your church and your community, especially the prayer lives of ministers. Uh, Mark, uh, let's begin to discuss a little bit about prayer and the importance of prayer. Is prayer important? Well, you know, you begin with this. You begin with the Apostle Paul who said we're to pray always. And so it has to be important if it's something that the Apostle Paul said needs to be a part of the very every moment fabric of our lives. We are to pray always. We are to pray thankfully. We are to pray joyfully. There are a lot of commands in Scripture to pray. You know, one of the things that crosses my mind, as you mentioned that, Kevin, is that the Bible always associates prayer, effective prayer, as praying with belief attached. And so it's never just a one-way conversation. It is a head conversation, a heart conversation, and then it always has a result. And it always ties it to peace. It always ties it to stability. So when we talk about encouraging our conference, our, our churches and our ministers and our people to pray for our conference centers or pray for anything else for that matter, we've got to realize it comes from our head as well as our heart. It comes from a platform of belief. Right, exactly. Well, uh, let's let's turn this toward something more personal. Uh, there's many ministers will be listening to this podcast, and, and so as ministers, we all have a, a, a really a weight of responsibility that's upon us, and especially as we uh, begin to shepherd our congregation, and they have all those needs that they bring to us, and as we counsel people, and we need to be ready and equipped to lift those people up in prayer. That's why it's so important that we have a good prayer life, right? It's, it's amazing that you bring that up because, you know, we do it as pastors, for the most part, are men, humble men called to service. 
for some reason we feel guilty. We feel narcissistic when we pray for ourselves. We feel like we're supposed to pray for them, but not for us. But remember the pattern the Lord set for us is that he went alone to the garden to pray. And he prayed, uh, the, the Bible says that Jesus prayed for himself. He prayed about the situation that was at hand. He prayed about what God was doing in his life. Why should we not do that as ministers? The fact of the matter is, is probably if we don't begin with praying with ourselves, we won't find ourselves praying in a healthy way for our families. And if we don't pray for ourselves and our families, can we really pray in a healthy way for those around us in our churches? It needs to begin with us. Yeah, and, and prayer is is uh, is a, a intimate conversation with our Lord. And I think that you, you gave the example of when Jesus went went away uh, to a, a, a quiet place and began to talk to his father. It was not a, a scripted prayer. Right. It, it wasn't that, uh, God, I want to tell you what the needs are. Uh, I need to, I need some, I need you to do this for me. But it was a conversation sure. uh, with the father and uh, just uh, seeking probably direction and him, uh, Jesus interacting with him and and uh, there may be uh, you know just just a conversation about his, the disciples and just just as if you and me are having that conversation. That is a perfect example how our relationship with God should be on a daily basis. Oh sure, you didn't script out your prayers. I mean, you didn't script out your conversations with your father, did you? No, your your earthly father. You didn't sit in your room and script out the ways that you could approach him. You didn't go and Google and research whether your father had the ability to answer you right. or whether he had the willingness to answer you. You knew your dad would talk to. You, you knew your dad, so we understand it on a practical level that it's a relationship. But now, whether or not we behave that way, I think many times we do not. And I am learning in my own life to do exactly what you said: is to treat it as a relationship conversation rather than a scripted formal approach. Yes, and and I think uh, we we've made a joke of it that when I drive to Nashville, my four hours in my truck. Uh, that that's uh, just a great time that I get to spend with God in the conversation with the windows rolled up and air conditioned on, silence, and I don't worry about if the person that passes me is uh, looking at, <laughs> wondering who I'm talking to. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. It, it's it's that I have uh, I have uh, my time with God in a place that I can't be distracted, other than I'm watching the road, and and we're having a conversation. And it's it's not one-sided. It's a discussion. It's a discussion, and you expect God to answer you. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. You, we approach the the throne of grace boldly, and one of the reasons we can approach boldly is because the Bible says that when we pray, he hears and he listens, and there's nothing that we can say that God doesn't want to listen to. I think a lot of times, Kevin, when it comes to praying for ourselves, we don't feel worthy for God to listen to right. us. Right. Don't you feel that way sometimes? I'm not sure he'll listen to me. I'm not clean. I'm not sure he'll listen to me. I've done bad things. I'm not sure he'll listen to me. I don't think, I think that's pride. I think that's what that is, that we can sin so good that it'll make God turn away and not listen to us at Mm -hmm. all. But the truth of the matter is, is that God hears us when we approach him with a redemptive and a contrite heart. Yeah. You know, it's uh, some of the, uh, the, best times with God in my interactions with him is that in my conversation there he'll answer something that I could almost think it was literal uh, because you know in in our conversations uh, you know he, he, he speaks as I'm speaking and you know I'll I'll answer my 
well, he'll answer my questions through my own voice, and it almost gives me shivers of thinking, man, that was, God, you just said something to me that's just, uh, you know, that I'll always remember. Using words that you understand, using yes. using feelings that you can interpret. I know it's crazy. It, it's taken me a long time in my life to learn to be honest to God mm-hmm. about how I'm feeling. You know, Jeremiah was good at that. Jeremiah said, God, I'm so miserable. I don't even like my own birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, goodness gracious, that's a, that's an honest prayer to God. What if we were all that way? What if we were just could just come before God and say, this is how I'm feeling, God, today. I really, you know, you know, Jeremiah said, I would really question your sense of justice, God. Right. And I, could we just be honest to God? Could we just be honest and tell God, you know, today, God, I've gotten up and I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. God, I'm having trouble getting my engines running today. God, I'm really having trouble today finding hope in the world. God, I'm really having trouble finding shelter from the voices of the world. I mean, could we just be honest with right. him? That's the relationship right. you're talking about. Right. And, and that ties into, you know, our prayers not being uh, uh, prayers that we're always asking, but we're giving. You know, you know we're, we do need to ask for, uh, in that relationship, that we have this discussion with him. Instead of always praying for others, sometimes we need to pray. We definitely need to pray for ourselves as ministers since we're on the front line. We need to pray for our families that uh, uh, God will, will give us protection, give us direction, give us wisdom. You know, that, that I think that stems back of, of uh, you know, we, we don't, I think it, we should, if we don't, acknowledge that we don't know everything. Oh, my. And, and, and we don't know all of Scripture, and, and we don't know the answers to the questions that come about, even in our own lives. And so uh, to come to God acknowledging that humbly before him, uh, and especially in our own life, and we need to be real. Because he already knows where we are. Amen. Isn't that the truth? I remember one time, Kevin, you know this this story that I lost my wife back in 2012. And and uh, I was asked by a newspaper reporter, did, did uh, she offered her condolences? And she asked me, she said, did you pray for your wife to be healed? And I said, I did. And I said, frequently, daily, moment by moment, I cried out to God to heal her in bold graphic terms. And then she said, but you lost her. And I said, I did. And she said, does that mean God did not answer your prayer? The only thing that I could think of to say is, no, that just means that I've reached the end of my understanding. Mm-hmm. But I'm not God. Right. And he's the only one that knows the answer to everything. Right. But a relationship means you give up your right to understand everything that the superior person knows. Right. Well, and... and my youngest daughter, uh, we prayed about a situation at school, and <clears throat> I said uh, we, we were uh, praying about this the next day. A couple of days later, she said, uh, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. I said, I said no, he, he, uh, he heard your prayer, and he may not have answered it the way you want or in the timing you want, but your prayer, if it hasn't already been, it will be answered. And I, th- I think we as ministers, we understand that. We understand the words, but do we really apply that? Just what you're saying. Oh, sure. And we don't, do we? Because the Bible says unless we come to him as a little child, we really, truly don't understand it. And and when Lydia came to you 
she came to you to talk to you knowing that you would listen mm-hmm. but she had every expectation to believe you know that you can do the things that she asked for right. and we need to be the same way with god but the truth of the matter is is that god hears us when we pray but that doesn't mean we'll always understand how he responds right right you know i think it's it's a blessing we talked about what a blessing it is that god gives us children and you know, all through Scripture, how uh, you know God tells us that we need to come to Him like a child, mm-hmm. and we don't understand that till we have children, do we? It's, it's a very practical application of it. Uh, I, I just know that when we have children, you had a, two beautiful baby daughters, mm-hmm. but when they were born, you committed to love them, you fell in love with them, but you knew that they were going to mess up at some point mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. They knew you were, you knew they were going to disappoint <laughs> you. You knew there would be a time that you would buy them a cell phone that cost $1,000 and they would never return your calls. You knew <laughs> that there was going to be that separation, but you loved them anyway. Right. We, we have a practical understanding, I think, of talking to God. I think my challenge, Kevin, when it comes to prayer is, is that I don't realize the power of it. That's how you started this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't realize the personal power of it. Mm-hmm. I don't realize how God is honored when I talk to him mm-hmm. regardless of the answer. It's when I give up my right for a certain answer mm-hmm. that I really understand the power. Right. And, and as ministers, uh, you know, I think that we, we, we know that there's power in prayer and uh, we see it. But sometimes when it comes to our own life, we don't always acknowledge that or under or, or I guess uh, put an emphasis on that we need a prayer because God can work great things through our own personal life as well. The Bible says the, you know, the fervent prayer availeth much. And that is a, that is a conversation you and I have had before about prayer is not just the hope of things coming forward, but prayer also needs to contain the thanks for the things in the past. And so, you know, we move from the personal prayer of tomorrow, the assurance of things hoped for, but we also need to learn to take time to say thank you for the things God's done in the past. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that if our kids just took and took and took from us without ever saying thank you, how that could damage the relationship. And so once again, on just kind of an earthly, logical level, we understand that there has to be a time when we say thank you to God. Exactly. So uh, as we pray for uh, our congregation and our, our, our members uh, we pray with expectations. And, of course, here's another, another area in which uh, I think that we can get so caught up in, okay, we have our list of prayers, people we pray for. I know that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah, you might have uh, prayer time on Wednesday nights since you pray certain people. And I know my, I, I, I teach a Sunday school class uh, that has a prayer list, and so we've handed it out every week, and so we add to it. And so we pray for those people, uh, which are great. We need to do that. But it be- can become uh, just a time of, okay, let me check off it's that. It's a task. Prayer, check off that. But instead of really praying and being totally sincere and uh, with the expectations in which God is going to do something incredible sure. through that. Sure. Yeah, we need to focus more on that part of it. 
and, and more so than let's get all our prayers in for the day. Oh, sure. And when I was when I was a young disciple and when I was learning how to pray, I remember there were times when I would spend more time creating my prayer list than I did praying over my prayer list. Right. And that becomes, as you said, that becomes the task, that becomes the duty. And when we when we focus more on that than we do the relationship. You know, I, what I've learned to do now or what I'm learning to do now is uh, when Cynthia and I gather every most every morning, we gather around the dining room table. Uh, we are learning that she comes with a list of things to pray for and I come with a list of things to pray for, but we don't have time to pray for both. So there is that physical reality of the limitation of time on a prayer life. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. But it is because we both have jobs that we have to get to. And so what we are learning to do is allow God's Holy Spirit to tell us what to pray for. So instead of getting a list out, we just talk to God. And God reminds us and prompts us and says, I want you to pray about this. Talk to me about this. Just like we do with our own children. Right. And and that uh, uh, the example that uh, I had with uh, uh, my my pastor that uh, during one of my morning prayer times, uh, he wasn't one that I had been thinking about at all, but he came to my mind while I was spending time with God, and so I prayed for him, and then I was just, I, he was still in my mind. I sent him a note, uh, a text, to, hey, praying for you. I really appreciate your leadership. And then a couple of days later, I saw him. He said, uh, hey, uh, did you know that such and such was going on? I said, no. And he says, well, I, I just had a, a difficult situation, and it wasn't 30 seconds later that I got that text from you. He said it just confirmed what I did was what God wanted to do. Amen. Is, and so that's just part of that connection, the Holy Spirit working in our lives, especially during our prayer time, because people need encouragement. And, that, you know, we have so many people as ministers to pray for, but just being open to the Spirit to be available sure. to pray for a specific person even if we don't know the situation. because And we're we such unidirectional thinkers. So in other words, we think when we pray, we are affecting that person, and we forget that it's affecting us as well. Right. So there's like a recoil effect. It's like shooting a shotgun. The power goes forward, but in truth, the power is going backwards. Also, it kicks. Yeah. My dad used to say it kicks like a mule. Yeah. You know, you pick up that shotgun, it kicks like a mule. But when you sent that text to that gentleman, it affected you too, didn't it? Right. Oh, yeah. And the Bible says anytime we pray for our brothers, our own stripes are healed. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's encouraging to know. I mean, we know our, 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 our God uh, answers our prayers and listens to our prayers. But those times that it is so obvious that it was the movement of God, it just kind of energizes you. I think it's part of a, a, maybe an encouragement from the Lord. That, hey, you, you're doing what you need to do, and you, you need to keep doing it. I recently read a survey. I think you're so right on that, Kevin. I recently read a survey of retired pastors that said if they could go back and redo anything in their ministry, they'd spend more time in their personal prayer life. And I remember hearing Charles Stanley say one time, Dr. Charles Stanley, that he often um, just lays his Bible open Mm -hmm. on the ottoman in front of him as he prays and just prays and prays Scripture back to God. And that's one of the things that Dr. Hunt from Southwestern Seminary taught uh, in the Disciples' Prayer Life is he used to teach that we, as a matter of prayer, need to remind God of his faithfulness to the saints of the past. Give God a reason to be faithful to you because you did it for Abraham, because you did it for Moses, because you did it for David, which, of course, implies that you've got to know those stories. You've got to get in the Word. But what about around us? What about for our own congregations? Can we say, God, I want to remind you, I want you to be faithful for Betty because you were faithful to Bill. I want you to be faithful to Deborah because you were faithful to Kevin. God, because you 
you're a faithful God and you do not change, do it again, God. Right, exactly. You know, in uh, uh, Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 5, uh, 1 and 2, there's this uh, section there which says, uh, uh, pay attention to the sound of my cry, O King, uh, uh, and my God, for I pray to you. And it's that desperation that, that God acknowledges in our our heart that we need him, that that uh, we can't control the situation. Uh, you know, we pray with anticipation that he's going to answer that prayer, and, and we want him to, to desperately to answer that. And, and so that's when he starts doing his mighty work because of not, not uh, just as a checklist prayer, but because of our heart, of our real deep desire to see him do something great. Oh, amen. And you used an illustration earlier that I just loved. You said at one time your your, camp, your staff came together to pray for All Nations Camp at Carson Springs, and you boldly prayed for 100 decisions for Christ. And how many did you say there were? We had 107. You had yeah. 107. Yeah. And then the next year we prayed it for 150, and he pr- provided 157. So something about that extra yeah. seven, right? Yeah. So, but but why don't we do that? Why are we hesitant to pray specifically? Well, we we're hesitant, I think, because of our pride and because of, you know, we want to control things, and and uh, you know, um, we 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 want to try to work things out, I guess, and we want we won't ask specific things. Uh, you know, we want to do kind of general prayers in a sense and sometimes maybe we're fearful uh, that. I think that's it yeah I think we're fearful of how God will answer the prayer I used to have a friend who was a, uh, a U-2 pilot in the Persian Gulf War and when he got out of the war he wanted to fly commercially as a pilot and so he prayed that God would give him a position at United and he ended up as the CEO of United Supermarkets and he used to make the joke, I should have prayed more specifically, you know, that yeah. I, I forgot to ask for it to be an airline. And so the truth of the matter is, is we do need to pray specifically. When we ask churches to come together across Tennessee and pray for our conference centers, we're not asking for a blessing on a building. We're asking to multiply the harvest. We're asking for strength for the staff. We're asking for staff to be healthy when otherwise they may be sickly. We're asking for staff to be encouraged when otherwise they may be despondent. We're asking for staff to be plentiful when otherwise they may not. we may not have enough employees. We're asking God boldly and specifically to show up. We are asking for things of God to do, but we're also reminding him of his past faithfulness to do it. He's done it since 1950s in Tennessee Baptist Conference Centers and Camps, and we have every reason to believe he'll continue to do it today. Right, exactly. And, and, and as we pray, uh, also we pray for Tennessee. You know, we have, uh, what, uh, uh, almost uh, 3 million people who are lost in our state, or 4 million actually. And, and so uh, they need to hear the gospel. And so our emphasis is that we would need to pray for the lost in Tennessee. We, we ask for those just like we ask for prayer for the conference centers because collectively we know that uh, God hears our cries. And, and that. How do you know that, though? Well, Scripture tells us. Ah, there you go, because where it tells us. See, and there's part of the problem is, is with our prayer lives is that we, for, we don't know the Scripture well enough to know that God has promised to hear us when we cry out. Right, exactly. And so if you have uh, 3,000 churches, which I don't know what that equal out to, um, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand, uh, or probably more than that, uh, Tennessee Baptists are all praying specifically. Specifically. Specifically, specifically for mm-hmm. the lost to come to know Christ. What will happen? 
So what would happen? Yeah. Or more sp- even more specifically than that, Lord, bring into my path today someone who needs to hear about you exactly. and make me willing to speak up. Yes, exactly. But we're afraid. You mentioned it before. We're afraid to pray sometimes because we're afraid God will answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. God put someone in my path that needs to hear your word. Well, I'm afraid to pray that prayer because God might actually do that. Right, right. Exactly. So, so we could so we could pray. And you're right. We need to pray for the loss across our state. But he begins to reach people uh, by us one at a time. And we need to ask for God to hopefully give us a divine appointment. It might be a little easy for some of us. But no matter what, pray that God will lead someone to us so we can share our faith with them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We need so much more of that. We really do. We need a boldness in prayer. We need a boldness in the Word. We need... Uh, to understand that God didn't give up on us and we don't give up on God and God's going to keep going. And there's a time limit to all of this. We're driven by urgency here because the Bible said that we are never promised tomorrow. Right. There exactly. should be driven by an urgency in our prayers. Exactly. Well, coming back to the uh, minister, and it's it's important that ministers pray for themselves. It's, it's important that they pray for their family because their family faces trials uh, your kids at school, your wife at work, and you know there your wife is probably looking for opportunities to do ministry, and so Satan is trying to keep that from happening. Amen. Not only in your own life, you're not only are you on the front lines as a minister, but your family is too. Amen. And they desperately need your prayers for them as well as yourself, and your congregation needs to be praying for you. Uh, in your family as well. And, 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 a, and a, I think an important element of our prayer, we need to pray for others. We pray for uh, sincerely, pray for ourselves, that God will protect us, give us direction, help us, uh, give us the deep desire to get in his word and to understand him, to Amen. give us that protection and praying for our family. But also that element of praising and thanking God. Praising and thanking God. I know it. And leading your family. I love what you were saying with that is leading your family. If I could say anything, particularly to young ministers in the sound of our voices right now, Kevin, would be this. Don't make the same mistake that I made and hopefully that you didn't make when we were young ministers. Mm -hmm. And that is I was always so busy rushing out the door to minister to a lost and dying world that I forgot to minister to my own family. Right, exactly. Well, and it's easy. When you first get in, go into the ministry full time, you, you have all these bright ideas. You are running full speed and, and uh, you're just pouring all your time and it's easy to neglect your family. It's easy, but it's also wrong. And we need to fess up to that. You yes. know, we need to get to the point where, and I'll just say it more clearly to anyone who's listening right now, if you rushed out the door this morning and did not take time to lead your family in prayer, if you rushed out the door this morning and did not have time to lay your hands on your wife and pray for him, turn around and go home. I don't care what you have on your schedule. Call and cancel it. Call and postpone it. Go home. Pray with your wife. Let her know that God is uh, a God who's listening to her. Let her know that you love her enough to pray for her. Put your hands on your children. Bless them as they go. Have a conversation with God about your children. But friends, you and I cannot go minister to a lost and dying world without knowing uh, that our children have been covered and bathed in prayer. Our wives have been covered and bathed in prayer. We've got to do that first. It's priority. Yes, we do. And, and, and the world is not getting any easier either. And so they need Amen. to be bathed in prayer every day. Amen. Not yeah. that we have no hope. We, we, you know, we do not operate as those who have no hope. Right, exactly. Well, now, uh, as I was driving in this morning, I listened to a, a song, and, and this kind of comes back to um, 
that uh, really thanking God and praising God, praising Him for our family. You know, it's very humbling to have a have a a young child of knowing that we've been given this responsibility, and as we uh, as they grow older, the responsibilities we uh, have, and we're thankful at the beginning when they're children. We should. I'm thankful every day for my my girls as they get older thankful for my wife that she can put up with me and and those are some elements that we could talk all day about what we're thankful for do we thank the one who provides it amen do we thank god do we praise him do we uh, acknowledge his greatness and i think that's an uh, that's an element in our prayer that we tend to spend little time in we may spend three quarters of our prayer in asking and taking in a short time in giving, which is giving him the praise he deserves. Uh, I was listening to a song by, uh, by Big Day Weave. It's called uh, uh, Overwhelmed. And let me read these lyrics. <clears throat> it says, I, I see the work of your hands. Galaxies spin in a heavenly dance, O God. All that you are is so overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice all at once. It's a gentle, thundering noise, O God. All that you are is so overwhelming. I delight myself in you, captivated by your beauty. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by you. And the song goes on. But that whole song is really about just that intimate time of communication with God, of telling him how great he is. And so that is such an important element in our prayer time. Amen, it is. Now, we can pray for things all day long, but we need to acknowledge who, how great the God of, of all of creation is and how little or, or nothing we are compared to him. But he loved us so much that he sent his only child to die on the cross. And us. that is the good news. Yeah. That is the great news. We need to do that, don't we? Spend more time thinking about how God can answer our prayers and then remind ourselves, oh, he can do more than that. Yes. No matter what our mind can conceive, God can do more than that. Yes. And believe that. Yes. Well, Mark, thank you for spending some time with us today. It's been fun, hasn't it? It has been very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, thank you for this this discussion, which is important, uh, about prayer and the lives of ministers. Uh, and hopefully those who are listening today has got a lot out of our discussion. Hopefully you can apply this because uh, this is this was not anything scripted. You know, we've had a lengthy discussion, Mark and I, about prayer. And so hopefully that uh, this will make an impact on you as well. But I'd like to thank our listening audience today for listening to our podcast. Uh, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Mark or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tnbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.